Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour. Reno is in. It's brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. At least our portion of the show is 766-1400. you got to dial 775 in the north. Cofield, Damon, show's hanging out as we do every Friday at TI. They're adding a bunch of stuff down here. Uh, if you go up to Twitter or Facebook, we shot a little video with our uh, Lotus Digital Video crew of one of the newest spaces here, The Cove. So go check that out. Twitter, we'll have it up on Instagram and also uh, Facebook. These are all my pages, so go check them out. Go check them out. Boy, that was a very interesting conversation. The Reno audience missed it, so we'll fill you in. Joe Scott came on. We're going to get most of the Mountain West Conference coaches on before the tournament here in Vegas, and you can hear kind of the frustration in his voice. Air Force is obviously limited in many ways. They're recruiting a different type of student-athlete who want to make that long-term commitment to be at the academy and then eventually serve. And DeMond, unfortunately for them, and players should have the freedom, once a player is two years in at Air Force, they can make the decision that, you know what, it's time to move on. Once they go past two years, they're locked into service. And they had a kid last year. I, I really thought Air Force this year would be a middle-of-the-pack team in the Mountain West Conference. They've only got one win. So before you're like, idiot. Well, they had a kid named Jake Hydebreeder, who was a 15-point-per-game guy, and I would argue one of the four best three-point shooters on the wing, 6'5 kid. Well... He decided, and I think he got a nice NIL deal, he decided to go to Clemson. So his time at Air Force was over, and you know, a 15-point-per-game shooter who's shooting like 43% at Air Force, that's hard to replace, and they're not taking in transfers. So that's the biggest limitation is that everyone else can be old and stay old. And I actually I want to build on what he said about that part. You know, the transfer portal and the NIL thing, and NIL is a challenge, but the transfer portal thing where you get people in the Mountain West Conference, some will complain about it. To me, that's nonsense. Yes, it does suck to lose guys. But there is now a market where you can go out and either get someone who's lateral with you, bring someone down from Power 5, who's 22 or 23 years old. So, yes, you may lose a player, a young player, who may want to move up to a Power 5. Nothing against UNLV. Or Nevada, right? Nevada lost a bunch. Nevada lost Will Baker. You know, a couple of years ago, they lost Grant Sherfield. Sucks. But you do have the ability, if you work your connections, to bring in another veteran player. And listen, Keenan Blackshear is one of the best players in the league for the pack. Was a transfer from Central Florida. The Rebels have two 23-year-olds. And I have to look up uh, Jalen Hill's age. I'm not sure if he's 23 yet, but uh, he's hoping to come back for another year of eligibility after he tore his ACL, but the Boone Twins are 23 years old. So if you work, yes, it blows to lose your players, especially your young players who don't stick it out for three and four years, but you can replace them with veteran players. So the setup for tomorrow's game, Damon, here at the Thomas & Mack against Steve Alford's team is pretty intriguing. Kruger has won all four games in the, in the matchup. They've defended really well. <laughs> You're flexing. They've defended really well. You're a UNLV guy. 
But the test is at hand again because this is a really good arsenal that the pack brings in of perimeter players. Keenan Blackshear, I know you've watched him. He is tough, right? In terms of the Rebels will now go from facing a shifty six-foot point guard to a power point guard who is six-foot-seven. Luis Rodriguez, he's up for the task. Well, he's kind of been the stopper against anyone from 6'8 down to 5'11. Yeah, he's the best option. You said it as if he's the guy, but yeah. I think that it's it's hard to say like he'll keep a guy like that in check when a guy's averaging 16, 5, and 5. Yeah. You know, so it's not well, about keeping him in check. What he does, because they want to switch a lot on defense, what he does is allow Kevin Kruger and Garrett Peary and the rest of the staff to mix it up so much that I think it throws off the opposing point guard. Because you can start out with 6'5", and he's not a beanpole. Lou Rod's a pretty strong guy. You can start out with 6'5", and go all the way down to 5'11", with Jackie Johnson. So the point guard's constantly like, who's covering me? What's my move here? Can I see over the top of the defense? It's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Another thing that's going to be tested the rest of the year is the opposing defenses and how they will handle this newfound Big man game, right? UNLV is generally not the big team, but they have a great post game with both of the Boone twins, and now Rob Whaley is excelling. And uh, I talked to Kevin Kruger today uh, about this, and I went back to the Fresno game because they weren't getting enough paint touches, and they wanted to make a big point of getting the paint touches in the second half. And I asked him, hey, in the first half, was Fresno just more effective in terms of defending and stopping you guys from getting it in the paint? I say this, and it's not like we didn't, we weren't trying. I just thought they were they were playing a little harder. They just had a little bit more pep in their step. Uh, we were a half step slow with things, and they were more disruptive, and um, and it just kind of slowed us down a little bit. And again, in every basketball game, that's going to happen. You're going to have points where you're, you're you're half step slow. You're going to have points where you're the aggressor. You're going to kind of go through those ups and downs. And so there in the first half, right before you and I met, you know, we just we we just kind of hit a little bit of a. a one of those, uh, you know, those those valleys where we just kind of just seemed to step slow. In the second half, halftime came at a good time for us because uh, we were able to address it, talk about it, um, show them. And we went out and Cole Aubin is one of the guys who charged paint touches for us. And I think at the under 12 media timeout, he came up and said, we've got a post touch or a paint touch every single possession this half. And uh, so we had a really good offensive start to the second half. We just kind of needed to shore some things up defensively and um, but, hey, it wasn't a perfect game for us. I thought Fresno did a good job disrupting us and keeping us on our heels. But like Lou Hill always said, ugly wins better than a pretty loss. So. I wonder if it's strange for other teams of the scout now. I feel like UNLV basketball has been a lot about getting other teams to go small. Now, if other teams go small, that gives you guys different challenges because you've become more of a post team. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're noticing here, the kind of the transformation of your roster and the way you play? A little bit. You know, I think, uh, you know, we'd be, as coaching staff, we try to figure out what the best options we have as a roster and what groups work best together. But, you know, when you talk about that, we, we're confident we can go into every game and we can adjust accordingly. Fresno's a great example because they played four guards, but uh, Rob Whaley's ability to, to his mobility and uh, you know his, his ability to slide his feet, change directions, and uh, stay in front of some of uh, a guard is is what allows us to continue to play big. And and he's been huge for us. And you know Keelan can kind of do the same thing where he can make them pick if they want to play a post or play a perimeter. And and so it's uh it's been nice to just kind of have a consistency 
um, that we can kind of count on in certain areas. So the scout with them is different from last year. Blackshear's a key, and he wants to get downhill, but they were a team that would throw it inside. You guys concentrated on Will Baker a lot. I thought you stymied him really well in matchups. There's no more Will Baker, so they're a much different team, more perimeter-oriented. Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, we were talking about a couple years ago, you know, when uh, when Wyoming had Maldonado. Uh, you know, at, uh, at, at Boise had uh, bigger wings that would post. You had multiple, uh, Reno even, you still had multiple teams that could have a, a, a guard go in the post. And and this year, I think Reno's, uh, with Blackshear's ability to play on the perimeter and attack or go in the post, um, they've, they've kind of, they've got that scout where it's a little unique and you've got a guard not only big guys, but but wings as well, Coleman as well, in the post. And, um, yeah, our big guys fought like crazy against Baker last year, but we still got to have that same mentality because Davidson is having an unbelievable uh, season, and he's had an unbelievable stretch as of late. So we got to know how good he is while not also forgetting the guys that have been pretty good every night for him as well. What do you like about what you've done in the past in defending Blackshear? I think in the four matchups against your defense, he's 15 or 50. So what have you done well to kind of force him into tougher shots? I just think it's, it's, he's a focal point. He's been from day one. Um, and guys have just worked really hard, taking a challenge of, and, and knowing how good of a player he is and just worked really hard to, to guard him, but also team team defense as well. Um, yeah, we've. Uh, but at, this, at the end of the day, we've, we know that there's a really good team coming in here tomorrow night, and, and we've got to be sharp uh, to get, have a chance to win. It's a big game for fans to come out tomorrow, especially students. You got the football program has kind of turned around the rivalry now. Now they seem like the dominant program. You got 4-0 against them, so does that kind of get you guys fired up? Again, you know, we can just look at, oh, it's any rivalry, but, I mean, this is really important to keep everything rolling with old school. Yeah, I think, like you said, the, the rivalries are ingrained. You know, they're they're built over time, and, uh, you know, when you hear about the last time you played someone repeatedly throughout the year uh, is kind of what – develops and strengthens those rivalries but uh, we know it's gonna be a good game expect a good crowd um no we got a really really good good team in reno coming in it's a very spirited practice in the background it was <laughs> i get in a zone where i'm having my conversation and then when the uh vast load of sound crew was cutting it up i'm like man there's, there's a lot going on there yeah they were uh they're fired up i expect uh, both sides to be jacked for the game i think there will be a better student uh, student turnout at the Thomas and Mac, and they're only separated by one game in the standings, but, you know, the Rebels are riding a five-game win streak here, Damon. On the other side, I'm sure that the Pack are super frustrated with how things have gone lately. They could have. Frankly, I thought they should have won the game against New Mexico. They're sitting at 6-5. and five. they got to really get going in the right direction. Yeah, struggles against New Mexico. Don't know what that's like. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I don't... I don't know how UNLV has done it over the years, right? But they've won 10 of 11. They keep they win down there at the pit, which I think is the toughest place to play, even tougher than San Diego State. Now their team is never as good. This year they're right there with them, but never as good as San Diego State. But, yeah, we keep talking about matchups. It's, this league is so weird. And recently the matchup, uh, UNLV against Alford, it's been in the favor of the Rebels. But I do think when it comes to, you mentioned the paint touches, I think that this is another game that Rob's going to be able to not dominate, but put on an impressive showing. Yeah. I think that he's come alive in these past couple of games with this five-game winning streak <laughs> where it's, hey, Rob Whaley, not so much a star, but maybe he's someone that's been a little underlooked, obviously coming from Juco, but 
He's one of those guys, when him and Keelan are on the court together, that's when I think opposing teams are in trouble. Like yeah, that, that matchup, that tandem, or I just, where something about Keelan, sometimes he can find Rob, or, and it's the spacing that they have because Keelan, he is the gunner, and I don't mean that in the pejorative term, but it's just something about, I see, for me, when I'm watching UNLV basketball, oh man, Keelan and Rob are on the court together, something good's about to happen. It's the first time in the longest time that the Rebels have a lot of answers against a 2-3 zone. Uh, maybe not as much, but still much better than they've been in the past against a 1-3-1 zone. Uh, and what that means is that, to Lamont's point, when Keelan Boone is in the game, he can get to the free throw line. Defenders have to recognize him, right? They're not going to let him shoot a free throw because he'll make it. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor and mess you up because he can get to the rim. And if you give him too much attention and then Rob Whaley's on the baseline with one guy and it's a good entry pass, you're dead meat. I, what, I'm, what I'm really interested in watching, in, and again, to go back to Joe Scott, uh, the Air Force coach was on with a couple minutes, and he was talking about the depth in the conference. He talked about officiating, and I loved his point. You know why San Diego State and Boise, for a lot of reasons, excel in this league? They recruit to a certain style, and the style is to beat the piss out of you, hit you, push you, grab you. And what do referees do in those games, Damon? Where are they going to go all foul every freaking you know three possessions? They exactly. don't. They let so them at some play. point, it's like, you let them play, and they're, they're the biggest, strongest teams, and their coaches drill into them, maul the opponent. I am really curious to see how Rob Whaley, now that he's on the scout sheet for everyone, is officiated because he, he bodies a lot of people. That first move is, you know, to, to force some space. You watch the next couple of games if there's an adjustment and he's called for some ridiculous, you know, clear-out fouls because guys start flopping. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Damon, are you checking out the Celebrity All-Star Game on the court? I am, Steve. This is one of my favorite events of All-Star Weekend. I love the Celebrity Game. I love the Celebrity Game. I never get to watch it because it's always on when we're on, but I like watching the clips afterwards and finding out who can actually play. Uh, Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. are the coaches in this one, and right now they're doing a stand-up with... C.J. Stroud, who's a pretty big guy. My God, Micah Parsons. Man, your Cowboy star, Willie Ramirez, is just gigantic. He looks massive in a basketball uniform. What's going on, buddy? What's happening? What's going on? A whole lot, man. Well, first of all, tell us uh, what's going on with the Golden Knights because it just the season's so weird. You know, and the, the, kind of down the stretch here, about 20 games out, it seems like it gets a bit disjointed, and VGK just got a bunch of time off. What do you think they were doing with the time off? Obviously, they're not, you know, going around the country and vacationing. They're getting ready for this next game. But I wonder what a long layoff does for VGK. No, they went out of town. This is oh. the official. So aside from the All-Star break, every NHL team, they get their bye week. Oh, this is a, a bye of, week. They all, well, they, well, not now. This, yeah. pa the, this past break was just they just had time off from the schedule. Right. And it's just a weird downtime. I thought you were talking about the previous. So during the All-Star break, Teams had bye weeks where they could go, like they go to, they usually go to Cabo. A lot of them go to Cabo. Some of the original misfits, they all still hang out. This past break was probably just sort of a time to heal for a lot of the guys, you know. Um, but they can still train and they can still practice and they can still get in, get in the ice and, and work on specific situations. Um, I, I really just think that this is a team that they're they're relying on a lot of experience and and a lot of people are have been sort of bemoaning the fact that these injuries and they're taking a toll and they're the defending champs. But we seem to forget that this is a team that for three years in a row has endured injuries. 
they had their worst, right, the, the most man games lost uh, in Pete DeBoer's last season, and they were in the playoff race to the last week. And they they endured plenty of injuries last year. Mark Stone out, right? Everyone with the scare again with the back. And they won the Stanley Cup. So right. it's all I – I had a one-on-one with Aiden Hill, and we just talked about it. It's like, you know, it's how you're playing come April, getting into the postseason, the hot goaltender, and who can make a run. <laughs> it's all about – getting your game together, playing playing right in time for the playoffs. So, you know, um, Vancouver's playing great. They got the number one uh, seed right now, but we've seen what's happened to the President's Cup trophy winner in years past. They don't win the Stanley Cup. So I wouldn't necessarily say the sky is falling just yet. All right. Uh, women's basketball. Willie, of course, works for Sporting Tribune and AP, and he's a big fan of women's basketball. He's one of the beat writers for the Aces. Uh, what do you think that night was for women's basketball in general? Caitlin Clark going out there and not only breaking the record and moving past Kelsey Plum, but doing it with 49 and nine three-pointers. Well, let me flip the script on you, and let me ask you and DeMond this question. How many top uh, – well, Steve, this is going to be probably easy for you because you're out there doing sideline stuff for UNLV. But if I were to ask you to name off the top of your head, rapid fire, the top five college basketball players in men's basketball and the top five in women's. If you were to ask that to a garden variety basketball fan, I'm almost betting that they're going to be able to rattle off this season in particular. Caitlin Clark, Cameron Brink, Angel Rees, Haley Van Lith. They're going to be able to name the women's basketball, the top women's basketball players. Where in years past, you're going to struggle. Like, who is the top, who are the top five basketball players in men's basketball right now? You, you, can you really put a finger on it and even unless you were covering it and watching? I mean, it's in reality. I think it, it's it's great, yes, last night, but I think that women's basketball has arrived. It's sort of like the question I received a lot on Radio Road during the Super Bowl. Does this mean that Vegas has arrived? No, 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 no. Vegas had <laughs> has been arrived. The Super Bowl was the exclamation point. Get out of here. Caitlin Clark, Clark stealing the headlines. The ticket price is over $400. You know, just just the, the, the wave of social media. That was the exclamation point of how big this really is. That is a bold friggin' statement by Willie Ramirez. That's why he's a great sports talk host. You're claiming that the five biggest names in women's basketball are bigger with just average people than the five biggest in, in men's college basketball. And right. I'm not I'm not gonna rip your head off. Yeah. I am. I am because I also think that it's helping take NIL to a different level. It's I mean, there are there are actually they're contemplating staying in college rather than going to the WNBA after the junior season to get paid. Mm-hmm. The deals that they're getting. I mean, Cameron Brink, her her marketability right now is, I mean, it's. I'm seeing on her social media the different things that she is um, being, like the, the photo shoots and the promotion she's doing with New Balance Basketball. I mean, I, I would never have put New Balance and Basketball in the same sentence. That was always a running shoe to me. Yeah. She's bringing life to that, right? And, uh... Isn't that uh, who's with New Balance also in men? Isn't that Curry? Who else is with New Balance? Kawhi right Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. So I mean, I, I just think that the, I just think that women's basketball right now it's it's not I, I, there's no better brand right. It's just more there. The headlines are out there and the women are stealing the headlines because the brand of basketball we're seeing is getting better and better and better and it's going to translate into the WNBA when they eventually get to the pro leagues. Willie will. Willie Ramirez on Cofield and Company here on this Friday, uh, talking about Caitlin Clark setting the record. Um, 
That was a throw. I'll go here. Willie will. I'll go here first. Um, Tamon, do you know who Cameron Brink is? Uh, yes, she's over at Stanford. I saw her okay. at the uh, WNBA All-Star game. So think like uh, 6'5", Livy Dunn. Yes. I will go white to white. I will go white to white and blonde to blonde in this case. Um, okay, Willie, and I think you'll push back on this one. And I know Kelsey Plum would probably punch me in the groin on this one. Um, Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, Cameron Brink in the next couple of years enter the WNBA, but especially Caitlin Clark. Is she the biggest star in the WNBA right out of the gates? No. Come on. No. No. Nobody's, nobody, it's going to take a long time for somebody to supplant Asia Wilson as the face of the league. Wow. Asia Wilson is the face of the league, and she's going to be the face of the league for a long time. I think, I think that – and I was and, – and I think when I was on the show regularly, I think DeMond – and when DeMond first started as, as a producer, we, we actually – we kind of, we didn't debate, but we kind. Of, I remember he was like, "No." We kind of went back and forth, but at the time, I was on Stewie, and he pushed back on Asia. But I think after the back-to-back, now the New York Best Time Seller, um, no, Asia Wilson's the face of the league, hands down, done deal. And Caitlin Clark coming in as a rookie is not going to steal that spotlight. It's going to, she's going to, she's going to jump into, you know, she's they're going to, she's going to be marketable, and they're going to promote her. I can't wait to see, you know. I, I don't think that the Caitlin Clark Kelsey Plum argument, just because of the scoring record, you know who the you know who that rivalry is going to be in the WNBA? Caitlin Clark versus Sabrina Ionescu, because Kelsey Plum has sort of regressed from being the sharp. She she can shoot from anywhere. She's she's money, but she's become part of this team, this conglomerate with Chelsea Gray and Jackie Young and Asia Wilson and Kia Stokes and Alicia Clark. She's become part of a team where Sabrina is, she's still, I mean, she's a three-point queen. She's in the three-point, she's in the all-star thing with Curry. So I think that's the rivalry right there. But as far as the face of the league, no shot. Asia Wilson is going to be there until someone takes the whole, they're going to have to steal it from her. Willie, I want to play a little game called Factor Cap, and I'm going to give you a quote from (laughs) Jay Billis. Another might score more points in the future, but we will never see the likes of her again, ever. That was Jay Billis' thoughts on Kaylin Clark. Factor cap. It's hard to go with either one because how do we know? I mean, how do you predict something like that? I mean, when we're dead, how how are we going to know that? I mean, as of right now, fact, because... That's that's it. How long has Kelsey held that record? And now I I just don't know who's going to come around and steal that. Um, The only reason why I can see it being beaten at some point is if the WNBA doesn't raise the salary cap and and, and the women stick around. Now, granted, we're going to get past. I think this is the final year, right, where we're we're never going to hear COVID year again. Right. We're never going to hear that outside of a medical redshirt, which means that they'd still only have four years. They're only going to be playing four years anyway. So it's going to take an incredible sharpshooter. Um, I, 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 as of right now, I would say fact, but it, it, that's it's that's a tough say, and you can't say cap either because who knows? I don't know who's in eighth grade and is is being bred to be a, just a purebred shooter. I don't know. Willie Ramirez is with us. Damon, keep going. No, I was going to say that's why I'm calling cap on Jay Billis because Juju Watkins at USC, she's averaging 28 points. And Steve said earlier, well, yes, she would have to stay healthy all four years. And who knows if she she's going to move after three. Yeah, yes. She's got to stay. But, but also yeah. to Willie's point where it's like we'll never see this again. Women's basketball is only getting better by the year. As Willie said, there might be someone in eighth grade who comes out of the gate averaging 30 points a game. Like we'll never see this again. She might be the first incarnation of what we're seeing. But I think that women's basketball is only going to get better from here. I will say this. I didn't even think along those lines, and I watched her play firsthand. I was there for media day. Juju Watkins. uh, Okay, you know what, Steve? 
I will tell you this. I'll go back to your <laughs> okay. point and touch on Damon, DeMond's point. Yeah. Juju Watkins will be a bigger star quicker than Caitlin Clark in terms of stealing and becoming a face. That girl is special. She is fun. I can't wait for her to get to the WM. Like, Caitlin Clark, I told you, like, she's going to be the next Sabrina Ionescu. That's the way I put it. Okay, she's going to join a team. She's going to be the sharpshooter. I don't know if she's going to be able to carry a WNBA team, right? Ooh. Juju Watkins, she's going to need, like, a sidekick. Like, she's going to need a big. Juju Watkins is a special basketball player. That is. That woman is incredible. I, I, I watched her play. I, I, I mean, I've, I, I watch a lot of basketball. A lot of, I watch a lot – or excuse me, I watch a lot of women's basketball. I watch a lot of WNBA, and I watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball. If Juju Watkins is on, I'm tuning in, her or Cameron Brink. I, and, of course, I cover the Pac-12 um, when they need me, and then I'll be covering the Pac-12 women's tournament. So there's a reason there. But Juju is above and beyond. She could, she could be the face of the league quicker than Caitlin Clark can be the face of the league. I'll, I'll, give, I'll say that. Willie, good job. We're up against it. we got to get out of here. Thanks for a couple of minutes, and enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Thanks. There he is. Willie Ramirez. Man, there was a difference of opinions big time there. Willie said he thinks Caitlin Clark may not – did he say dominate or just the, her impact? She will not be able to carry a WNBA team. Oh, my God. I think she's going to be Pistol Pete Maravich and average 35 a game next year. He's insane. She's great. Unlimited range. Will be the greatest female basketball player in history. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. DeMond's here, halfway point of the show. Yep, we're on uh, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. This hour is sponsored by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number. You got it out, 775 in the north. Office is in Reno, downtown Vegas, Vegas, and Henderson. I liked your reaction during the break. DeMond, you're like, man, Willie's really good. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's good. And we, we, went, we went throwback there to where I, I will throw down about women's basketball. And I am very much into evolution of the athlete. And I think, especially with female athletics, like the, the great female athletes of 40 years ago, 35 years ago, playing women's basketball, I don't know what, like, I don't know what Cheryl Miller would do against Caitlin Clark. Maybe she could post her up and dominate her, but I... I think she'd be out there in her prom talking prime, like 23-year-old Cheryl Miller. Like if Caitlin Clark's coming up and firing shots from 28 feet, she'd be like, I'm just going to keep letting her shoot. This is not possible. This is stupid. She's being ridiculous. And it's just like, okay, she made 11 now, Cheryl. You got to cover her. And then it's just blow by after blow by. But when people say that, are you talking about you just take Cheryl Miller from a time machine and put her in 2024? Yes. Or does her talent – okay, well, yeah. Like her game back then and her athleticism back then. So, I mean, you could make the argument because we can do this for old, you know, old school male athletes from the 60s, 70s, and 80s and say, hey, with today's training and nutrition yes. and the message that, like, you can't smoke cigarettes uh, during practice and, um, you know, cocaine is outlawed. Okay, you can't snort coke. I know that was really big for you guys back in the day. You can't drunk uh, – you can't drink. 
Uh, you can't be Wilt and have your like. And Wilt was awesome. Think about think about if Wilt if Wilt is true is was true in talking about uh, betting like twenty thousand women. Imagine if he only did like five thousand. Like it was more focused, and like with weight training early in his career. So I do buy in, you know, into the the evolution part of it. But you know, you could make up some of the gap with you know athletes from forty years ago, with more technology. But there's also evolution of the body. I mean, that's why the you know the hundred meter is not the record holders are not the same. The number is not the same as it was fifty years ago. We're getting stronger. I'm not, but we're getting stronger and bigger. And you're seeing. I mean, come on. Steve, can I tell you something real quick? Yes. I was looking back for some Anthony Marshall highlights because we're having him on the show later. And I found some old ESPN Las Vegas content on YouTube. Uh-oh. And it was like 15 years ago, you doing some stand-ups. Was it? Oh, okay. And I don't know who told you on Radio Row last week that you look worse skinnier. Yep. But he was right. I know. It was weird, wasn't it? Yes. I need to have a fat face to be, like, slightly passable. I, I'll tell you what, though. I did like wearing large shirts. My wardrobe was very expanded when, when I was a large. But when you're freaking busting the gut out, you get a little limited. I'm also very, I'm very monochromatic now. I think that's the right word. Is that the right word? No clue. But I'm Like today I, just, today I walked out and I'm like, wow, I'm wearing all black. And I don't know if it's slimming, but it makes me feel good. <laughs> like every, if, I, if I could dye my hair black, it would complete it. <laughs> just like, like Wayne Newton type dye. We love Wayne. But did you see him, by the way, did you see him all week at Super Bowl? I'm like, his hair, it is unbelievable how dark it is at that age. It's got to be natural. I mean, it's not, but it doesn't look terrible. Don't laugh. He's an icon. He's a, he's we, de- we, we defend everyone in Vegas and around Vegas. Unlike, can I bring up something real quick? There's a big game tonight. New Mexico is at San Diego State. Is this necessary? For a college athlete, I mean, we know this guy is an Aztec super fan. Mark Ziegler, who's Grainy's buddy, uh, tweeted out, SDSU fans have been waiting for more than a year for the return of New Mexico. And Jalen House, the most hated man in the Mountain West. Like, dial it down. Dial it down. And by the way, I don't think Jalen House is the most hated man. In the Mountain West, I think you. I actually could put some coaches who I think fans dislike more than Jalen House. Let's all dial it down. I know we got where you know you got your Aztecs undies on. Stop slamming players, bro. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Damon, I'm really excited about this weekend. Uh, you know what's going on on Saturday in terms of the festivities and competitions? UFC? No, I'm talking about uh, All-Star Weekend. Oh. NBA All-Star Weekend. Yeah, well, you got the three-point contest. You got the slam dunk contest. And those are always exciting. Right. I don't know if we can. I know this is the Ion Sports Gaming segment. I don't know if you can uh, wager on that at all. Patrick Berbert's with us uh, here, risk supervisor at TI. Can we put All-Star Saturday up there? We have some props up for it. What do you have? We have uh, index prop for the three-point contest winner, and then we also have head-to-head matchups for, uh, well, the players round one scores over-under. Okay. 
why isn't the biggest event tomorrow on the board? The biggest event being Steph Curry and Sabrina Nescu in a three-point shooting contest. It was pretty hard to find around town, so we didn't, we didn't want to offer that. Okay. Is one of the issues they're shooting with different basketballs from different distances? It could possibly be. the different size basketball, and then also she's going to shoot from the WNBA line and Curry's going to shoot from the NBA line. I will argue I think it's – well, it should have been hyped more. I've heard a lot of people rip on NBA All-Star Game Saturday that it's lost its sizzle. This is, you know what's funny, Damon? The, the Sabrina-Steph showdown is actually after the three-point contest, which would suggest to me that the NBA thinks it's bigger. Did you know that? I didn't know that it was after, but I think it's definitely bigger. You've got Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. He gets his own special event. It's got to be bigger. But it's not. They're, they're scheduling like it is. But most people, I don't think, know about the event. And then we're not booking it. If it's the biggest event, we got to book it. There should have been a lot of pressure. Because that's when, when you guys book events that you haven't booked in the past, you just said it. No one else in town is offering it. That, this would be a thing where you'd have so many people coming to the window, like ahead of time, though. Hey, I want to bet this. That you might look at it and go, you know what? Hey, enough people want to bet it. You put it up there. So, I don't know, man. I don't think the NBA hyped this up enough. Who's going to win? The three-point contest yeah. between Steph and Sabrina? I mean, it's easy. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with Steph. No. I think you're dead wrong. Damon, <laughs> let's, uh, you're, you're, a, uh, you're very – let's have Patrick rip the both of us because he, he, you know, he books these numbers. You're a very dangerous gambler. Um, I know you're, you're actually banned in a lot of books. Uh, you've hit, um, I think, like two 18 parlays out of 44,000 you've put in. Yep. I was um, one away from a 12-teamer yesterday. <laughs> that, it's, it's always the case. It's always the case, man. Yeah, Eleven and one. Yep. This guy's great. Uh, what would you set the number at? So Patrick thinks Curry's the favorite. What would you set the number at? And then would probably the- make Curry about two dollar favorite. Okay, Demon. I like that too. But if we were going spread, would we go? Are we just picking winner? Or no, we- you just pick winner. So I'll, I'll tell you, my number would be. Well, I got to balance it. Hey, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm taking a position. Right? That's what you guys do. You're independent. Uh, I'm going to go Sabrina minus 175. I want Steph action. I want it. I like it. <laughs> Isn't it fun? This is like being a GM in sports. Everyone laughs at you. Didn't, didn't I go? Uh, oh, that's right. We did a TV taping yesterday, and I got a comment like that. I had a whole formula of how to take out the Chiefs. And it was like, I'm a GM, man. I could do this. I could beat up on uh, Brett Feach, the... Uh, GM for Kansas City. Yeah, I think because the the smaller ball, um, I would love to know her hand size. Like if she's got like hand size equivalent to say like even me, right? That ladies ball is awesome to shoot. It is great. I think he loses. I think he loses. I would take a position on it. Uh, so you ready to dive into some college basketball? Absolutely. So this this is my time of year. I love college basketball. I cover UNLV. Done that for twenty years. Been on their beat for like seven. There's a good game tonight. New Mexico is a weird matchup for a lot of teams. They took care of San Diego State down there. That place is going to be on fire tonight. Because I was just, I was just uh, talking about a tweet that one of the writers sent out, which I think is completely ridiculous to use the language. Most hated man in the conference, but Jalen House is in town with New Mexico. 
What do you guys have on this one? Because I, when I was looking at uh, the number earlier to bet it, I think it was six and a half. Correct. We're sitting at five and a half on this Ooh, game. Ooh, okay. Market's at six, six and a half. We, I like New Mexico in this game, both of us being my director. Um, I make San Diego State a four-point favorite here. Oh. But there's some questionable um, if it's going to be Donovan Dent's going to be able to go tonight, and he's one of the better point guards in the uh, Mountain West. So that would be a big loss for New Mexico if he was not able to go tonight. That would be a big loss. Uh, I've made the argument, and he'll never admit it, that I think under his breath sometimes that Richard Pitino looks out there and he's like, man, I wish I could just play Dent and not play Jalen House when he's bad because he gets kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a tough one. Ooh, okay. Maybe I'm not going to take New Mexico. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a game-time decision. So I, I wouldn't play it if, unless I know for sure if he's going to play or not. Five good showdowns tomorrow. I put a 10, but five. I can count. Five good showdowns tomorrow. Otzelberger, former UNLV coach, and Iowa State against Texas Tech. We just saw Texas Tech. Team full of transfers led by uh, Pop Isaacs, another Vegas guy, just freaking blow the doors off of Kansas. Iowa State's at home in this one, right? They're at home. I think his number's low. It, it's up now. It's up to eight. I gave you the wrong number, didn't I? I think I, think I emailed over. Okay, eight. No, I'd probably take Texas Tech. It, it, it's pretty close. I make this number uh, Iowa State by seven, so it's, okay. it's, right, it's right there with the number. Iowa State's really good at home. Texas Tech, they're, they're led by a few transfers that they brought in this past year. They're, they're playing really good basketball. But Iowa State at home, they smother you with that defense, and they're, it's just a different breed of basketball over there. You're, uh, you're rubbing salt in the wound of the uh, Reno listeners because they have – uh, Warren Washington, who's well-traveled, he was a former big at Reno, and they had the best freshman in the league last year in uh, Darren Williams, who prepped here for a couple of years at, at Gorman, and he just had 30. So, yeah, T-TAC is good. Um, well, you don't expect this number, right? The kind of money that Texas spends on its program, they're a big dog against uh, the Cougars or Houston. Houston, one, I've got them power rated as one of the top two teams in the country as well. They're, they're a really good team, especially at home. They're another team that has really good defense. They brought in L.J. Cryer as a transfer from Baylor this past offseason, and he's pretty familiar with the Big 12, so he knows how to play Big 12 basketball leading that team. So I, I, I believe Houston gets the job done at home. Texas really took a step back this this, this past this year from where they uh, did really well in the tournament last year. I like Rodney Terry, but it's a coaching downgrade. I think he's really good, but the guy they had is a lunatic and Chris Beard, but it's a coaching downgrade. Do you believe in Marquette? They're going against UConn. Marquette's really good. Tyler Kolick is one of the best point guards in the country. Uh, Oso at the five, he can play small ball. He can, he can bring your uh, big guys outside, and that could be a problem for some teams, create some mismatches. But Connecticut, they're still number one in my power ratings right here. I've got this game, Connecticut, by eight and a half. Um, the line's down to six and a half, seven most places. But Connecticut, they're the defending champs. They're, they're still playing like it. They're playing great basketball. They can shoot the three. They can, they can spread you out, caravan. Um, clinging down low so Connecticut is is rightfully the favorite here and I wouldn't be surprised if they cover at home the numbers are up man they're up they're up everywhere but especially uh, good numbers here because these guys are making the numbers on their own they take positions so sometimes if you're on the other side you can get a juicy number Patrick Berbert is with us here at Treasure Island Um, how often do you see Kansas Oklahoma's had its moments but where are you on Kansas right now? I mean, this is this is a year like we've never seen going against Oklahoma on the road. 
Bill Self is very thin this year. He, he, he's, play, he's playing five players. that He gets no points out of his bench. McCullough's been hurt the last few games. He's going to be back. But what he doesn't get minutes out of his bench, and that's been their big problem this year. And they don't really have a, a great shooter that they had had in the past shooting from the outside. And they're not the same team that they are away from Fog Allen Fieldhouse on the road. They've struggled all year long. I make this game Kansas minus three, but I, I still don't love my number just because of the fact that they're on the road here. Kansas is uh, the lines flip. Kansas is now minus one. So uh, Oklahoma, this is a must win for them. They struggled the past few games, and if they want to compete for a, a tournament bid here, they've got a tough, really tough schedule down the stretch. It's going to be a gauntlet for them. So this is a must win for them right here. We have some guys on the show who like Kentucky, uh, value-wise for the national title. They got a good number a while ago, but it hasn't been as great lately. I, I you know, I don't know if they get on a, a hot streak here, but they're pretty sizable dogs against Auburn. The spread's sitting at eight. I make Auburn eleven and a half for that game. I'm I'm pretty low on Kentucky compared to other bookmakers. Kentucky opened up the year twelve to one to win the national championship. The number is dipped to more, most places around like eighteen to twenty to one right now. But Kentucky has struggled a, a, a lot this year, especially against quality opponents. And I I don't know. It's just because they they haven't adjusted to the NIL era now. Um, Calipari selects to bring on his top recruit freshmen. It's just a whole different ball game now. Um, they've, they've got talented players on that team, but something's not clicking over there right now. I made two, I made four, uh, but grade two of my national title bets, I bet these within two days of the odds being posted after the tournament last year. Because what I was thinking was, I kind of was trying to guess at NIL budgets and which schools would be really active. I have Gonzaga at 40 to 1. Which is that extreme value now? Because they haven't. It's St. Mary's that is the school that's rolling through the WCC. So I, I figured out a value, but I don't, I don't think I do. Gonzaga is another team that's really thin on their bench, but they're starting five. They can go up with anybody in the country right. if, if if they can get hot in the tournament. They they can do. You can maybe hedge off a little bit. That's what I want. Eight. Yep. Right. I just need get, get me to the Sweet Sixteen, and then I can hedge. Uh, the other one was Creighton. I have them at thirty. I, I like that. Uh, All right. All right, Patrick likes it. I'm good. DeMond, I'm good. I don't know about that one, Steve. Uh, you're kind of right. I actually don't like Creighton that much now that I've seen him play this year, but it's a matchup thing. Uh, I've also been a little disappointed with uh, little Stevie Ashworth. I don't think he's been as good as he was at Utah State, and maybe it's a system thing. Very important down the stretch here. we got a couple minutes left with Patrick Berbert. Um, talking to the people who are here at TI, I knew 2024 was going to be a really big year for some changes at the property. So I walked in today, and I'd seen the space in the back, the cove, and I made a little video about it earlier so you guys can check out social media. Real quick zip around the concept. That's pretty cool. You want to talk about it? Have you been in there? You, you, I, I, I saw some people have, like, get some free cards. They had a bunch of credits for playing. I'm like, okay, I want in on this. I, I have been in there. It's, it's pretty cool in there. Um, we're, we're, we're try, definitely trying to promote it. It just opened up last week, so a lot of people don't know about it, so we're trying to get it out there. But it's, it's, you, can get in, you can go in there. You can grab some drinks. It has a whole bunch of different arcade games, and then it has the mini bowling alley, and then the best part I think about it, it has the golf simulator. But here's the thing. Did you, have you played the golf simulator? I have. It's not just golf. It doesn't have a machine. I, I, when I was looking at the screen, I'm like, how many games are on this? I see some ladies up there. They're throwing some kind of ball at a uh, cartoon character. I'm like, I might be in on this. It, it does have some other games. I'm not 100% familiar with what else they have on there, but there's definitely some cool things to check out. All right. Uh, and let's get it right, because some people can bowl, and then some people can really candle pin bowl. It's the mini pins and the mini ball. Correct. I'm very powerful. I've never been good 
This is ridiculous. I've never been really good at the small pins. Are you a master at it? Are you good? Uh, I, I've took a couple of shots down there with it. All right. Some were good, some were bad. So I've got some practice to do. Damon, you're all, you're all hopped up on something. Can you, uh, are you too strong for the mini pins and the, and the small ball? I don't know what it is about bowling. I just can't, I can't figure it out. I can bowl. I'll tell you what, though. I battled uh, Erod, who's actually our, uh, our salesperson on this account. He, he, I've never seen someone more serious to try to kick my ass. I was terrible. And he was, like, tracking every frame. We get to the last frame. He's like, oh, you need three strikes. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what's going on. I'm not even looking at the score. But very hyper-intense. Eric Rodriguez. Patrick, we appreciate it. Check out the cove right next to Mystere. As soon as you come out of self-parking, it's right at the bottom of the escalators. Really cool spot. And that bar area, 21 and over. So, yeah, I kid you over there. I'm going to be over here slugging a deck.